place it's in Christ amen we need to be hidden away in him I was reminded just as our brother was singing that song that I think it was John Wesley was walking by the seashore and the winds were howling and the waves the spray from the waves and a little sparrow was flying and it just found a way inside his jacket and it tucked its way and he just caught an inspiration at that moment and and he took it and he says, Oh, rock of ages, cleft for me. And he began to pen a song. Do you ever feel that way? Hide me in the rock of ages. Oh, friends, we need him as we've never needed him before. And he's there for us. God bless you. We welcome you all. Already we've had welcomes to visitors, those that are with us. Sure enjoyed the special tonight. God bless you. We were, we were going to announce that the special meetings are starting in two weeks, but I just made an announcement. They're starting tonight. The special, the special. <laughs> Started the meetings. God bless you. Appreciated that. Saw some of the carryover from the Saskatchewan camp with the young people, and uh, just wonderful. It's, it's great to be a part of what God is doing in this time. And he's doing things. Amen. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Paul. God bless you. And nice to see the others that are here. We want to remember the needs in prayer. We have needs in our midst, and I'm not going to prolong the service today. We're just going to get right to the word. Our brother Moses is going to minister for us. Just wanted to make mention that it is two weeks, a little over two weeks, that we'll be starting our meetings. We will be canceling that Wednesday, and we'll start a service on Thursday. So if you can prepare that when we start the meetings on Thursday, that we're going to be right there. And we're not going to wait for two or three meetings to get into it. We're going to be right there. Can, can we agree on that? Amen. Let's pray towards that. God will do things. Um, also, this Sunday night, we're going to have our brother Ovidio come and speak to us. He's here, been visiting his daughter. Him and his wife are here visiting a daughter. But we're going to have him come speak to us. And Brother Tito's going to try and translate back to English from Spanish to English. So look forward to that. Also this Sunday night, Brother Max will be ministering over at Brother Jerry Fury. So we just remember. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into and they are safe.
God. Amen. In that name we are saved. In that name we are healed. The name that is above any other name, the name of our Lord, the Lord of our King is all for us. Praise be to his name. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Almighty Father, Lord, we thank you again to be in the house, to be in your house, to be in a place, Father, Lord, where we can release the pressure just to be in the presence, Father, we know, according to your word, that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there, Father. So, Lord, we have that confidence in our heart and that faith in our heart that you are here, not only to meet one another, but to meet you, Father. Lord, we want to meet you and have conference with you. Father, we want you to speak to you and we want you to speak to us, Father. Have communion with you. Lord, we love your name. We love you, Lord, with all our heart. We give you the glory and the honor. Father, we are also humbling ourselves before you. May you forgive us for any mistake, anything we have done that did not please you. Father, we are just looking to the blood of Jesus Christ, to that bleach of Father, to take that away, so that we can have perfect communion and fellowship with you this evening. Thank you for the atmosphere that you have already created by your presence, Father, with the singing. Father, we love you and we thank you for your presence. Father, we pray that you remain with us for the remainder of the service. You know every need that has been expressed, Father, and the greatest need is to have a closer walk with you as we are getting ready for the rapture. Lord, we bless your people and bless your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's again a great privilege for me to speak the word of God, and I thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity. I will invite you to go to Hosea chapter 6. comes after Daniel. We don't use that book very often. It comes after Daniel. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. 
Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us. He's a God of restoration. It's God, when something happens, he restores back to the initial state. That's our God. And says, after two days, will he revive us? In the third day, he will raise us up, and he will live, and we shall live in his sight then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? Ephraim could represent Israel. And say, O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, as the early dew it goeth away. Therefore have I used them by the prophet, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgment are as the light that goeth forth. For I desireth mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Amen. But they, like men, have transgressed the covenant, they have, there have they dealt treacherously against me. Gilead is a city of them that work iniquity and is polluted with blood. And as a troop of robbers wait for a, a man, so the company of priests murder in the way by consent, for they commit lewdness. I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is the whoredom of Ephraim, Israel defiled. Also, O Judah, O Judah, you have set and harvest for thee when I return the captivity of my people. May God bless his word. You can have a seat. God will return the captivity of the people. Thank you for the specials. It was also good. And uh, God is. God is so great. Amen. If you don't mind, I would like to go again to Ephesians chapter 1. I'd like to continue the thought that I touched last time. I'll try not to be long, and I just thought this small thought of the end of the, my message that I don't think I, I did touch, so I'd like just to mention that, or maybe to emphasize a little bit on that, and then, uh, then we then we just continue meditating on the Word of God. Ephesians 1, 3 to 12, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Every time the Brother Banham would like to preach and say, I'll read from the Word of God because... My words could fail, but God's words could never fail. And I believe when we are reading the Word of God, it's a, it, it, it never fails. Because this is the Word of God, the thought of God being expressed. So as we are reading it, just take it as a part of what God has given you as a promise. And it says, blessed be, and verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He has not chosen us the day when you believed, not the day when you took the decision to go for the baptism, not the day even when you were born again, but he chose you before the foundation of the world. That was where he chose you. So if he chose you, if he chose you back then, he can never lose you. Amen? It's not what you have been doing in order to make yourself perfect. No, it's because he already elected you before the foundation of the world. And God is leading you so that what he chose you for can be manifested in your life. It says, and verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Not according to the good pleasure of someone else, but his perfect will. That's why he predestinated you. That's why he predestinated me. According to the good pleasure of his own will. Says to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Oh, Ephesians, Brother Banam could not preach adoption to other churches because this book could only be preached to mature Christians. Only those who are born again, those who have a personal experience with God, he says he has made us accepted in the beloved. You will not be accepted again, whatever you might try to do, but you have already been, you and I, we have already been accepted in Christ Jesus. That's why we are not going into the tribulation. Why we are not going into the tribulation? Because if you are born again of the Holy Ghost, the judgment was already upon Jesus Christ. He cannot make you go. Go to the judgment again because the judgment was already upon him. And as he has been already accepted, we have been accepted with him. Amen. Glory to his name. Once we have that revelation, we have the peace of God in our heart. Not to live whatever we want to live, but we live according to his perfect will and we want to please him. And it says, verse 7, in whom we have redemption, once again, in him, God, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. The prophet will say his will is a mystery. Every one of us has to know the mystery of that will. It has to become a personal revelation. It has to become a personal experience. It has to become a personal reality. Otherwise, it's just a mystery. And we have to go to find what is that mystery of God. What is the mystery of the will of God in my life? What does God want in my life? What does God desire in my life? God wants the best for each, or each, each and every one of us. But each and every one of us needs to have a personal revelation of that mystery of the will of God. According to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation the fullness of times Time we are living, it might gather together in, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He makes everything work fine according to the counsel of his own will. We might be surprised. We might be surprised, but God is not surprised. We might see some turn around here and there, but God, for the elected one, for the elect bride of Jesus Christ, God makes everything work after the counsel of his own will. 
He arranged, preordained everything, foreordained everything according to the counsel of his own will. The bride is working. God, I want your will to be revealed to me so I can walk into it. Amen. And our desire to walk into that will of God. God with a perfect will of God. Not in, submit, not in permissive will, but the perfect will of God. So the prophet, as I was thinking about that, so think about it. As Israel, talking about Israel, the prophet would use this quote, say this quote, and recognizing your day and its message. And I'll say, if you're familiar with that, I'll say a six, that the message, that, that the verse that was used by the prophet to preach this message. And in that message, it says this, like Israel, back in her promised land, she doesn't know how she got back there. She was just automatically put back there. Just think about it. Think about Israel for a moment. Israel, of course, they are the seed of Abraham in the natural. They came from Abraham. God chose Abraham. But look what, what the steps that God brought Israel through. He brought Israel through many steps. He brought them, sent them to, to Egypt. And while they were in Egypt there, they were slaves for a time, for a long time there. And God took them out, out of Egypt with his mighty hand, with a mighty hand using a prophet of God. But look what Israel went through. Israel went through, they rejected, they didn't want Moses. At some point they complained and they murmured and through all these different things. And then, they were, and then they rejected Moses and all the different things. And then they, they went there in the time of Samuel. They, wanted, they rejected God as the king. They, they, they wanted to have their own king. They wanted to have their own king. And God allowed that to happen, even blessed them in some ways. And then God gave them David, who was the king according to his own heart, as a type of what Jesus Christ will be. But as they accepted their own king there, they went with the idea of accepting their own king. God allowed it to go. And then when Jesus Christ came, they rejected the real king, they rejected the, the king, that uh, uh, Jesus Christ, even Jesus Christ had to cry and weep over Jerusalem, 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 how God has desired to gather you. They have rejected him, they rejected the word of God and they went, they were dispersed all around. And we might think, all oh, that, all that happened, all these things, but and although it was the permissive will, but God was working all that in order to bring something so that you and I could be brought back into the relationship with God. They were blinded in order for you and I to see our real husband. Amen. As a type of that. So even though it happened that way, it was not what it, the way it should happen. Or they would say maybe the permissive will of God allowed for them to have kings. But God, even doing that, he didn't break the plan of God. It will work all according to the counsel of the perfect will of God. And God promised that he's going to return them back. Even though they went that way, God is going to return them back. God could not reject Israel no matter what. No matter what they went through, even today he brought them in that land again that he gave to Abraham because God cannot change his mind according to the promise he gave to Abraham. And they did not understand how they could bring, bring brought back, how they could be brought back into Israel. But God used the natural force to bring them back again in that land. Amen. Wonderful. The prophet will say, why? National force put her in her place. So it was the natural force. They did not understand what's happening. At one place, the prophet will use it, the tender hand of Jehovah working behind it. 
It was an atrocity upon atrocity, natural force forcing them to go there. But God could not change his promise according, that, according as he has given to Abraham. And the prophet continues, now I'm going to say something. Natural force put Israel in a homeland. Natural force will put the church in the world council of churches. If there is a hand working there to put the churches in the world council of churches. And they're going towards that. And they're talking about unity and they will end up there. But the prophet says, by the power of God, we'll put the people in the bride. The power of God will put the people in the bride. No matter what the devil is trying to put upon the word of God, the power of God will put the people into the bride. There will be a bride and there is a bride. No matter what the Laodicea is putting, there is going to be a bride who will be part of the rapture, part of the resurrection, no matter what. He said, the world falls this way, and the world falls that way, but God forces upward. We see the internet, we see the network, we see all of the social media, we see all the different things, pressure from this world, force from this world, but the bride is being pulled up in the other way. Why? Because she has already met Melchizedek. She already knows that there is a land waiting for me. Amen. She's working towards that. There is a pool pulling the bride. She's transformed, being transformed from the permissive will into the perfect will of God. How come? God is doing the work. He says, the spirit of God, which is the word of God, my word is spirit and life. I would like to talk about that at some point. My word is spirit and life. We'll put the bride in her place because she'll recognize her position in the word when she's in Christ. We'll put her in her place. That's what is happening now. The bride is recognizing her position in the word of God. Now, this is my place. This is my work. This is not God has to work through me. That's what the bride is recognizing now. And I believe that each one, everyone, each and every one of us is recognizing that place in the bride, in the word of God. It says, no national force will do it, but the national force did drive Israel to the homeland. The national force of the council of the churches will drive every organization into it, but the power of God will raise the bride into glory out of it. Amen. So we are privileged to be living in the age where God is determined to restore the Christian back to his perfect will. Back to what God really intended the Christian and the church to be to. He intended the church to come to the full maturity, to the adoption. Just think about it. God is not satisfied of him, of him being the only person in the, in, the, in, the time, in, in the holy person, in the person of Jesus Christ, to come to the full maturity. God is not happy, although it is the perfection, but God is not happy that Christ remains the only person who comes to the maturity. God is not satisfied that God wants you and I to come to the same maturity of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the first wave shift and he wants all the other one in the field to come to the same maturity. Praise be to God. And he wanted the first church to come to the perfect love of God, to the capstone, but they slipped away, and they slipped, slipped away, and they went the other way, and then they were the, the backslidden, the church, we know the dark, dark, dark ages, and they went away. But God still intended and still purposed for the church to come to the full maturity as intended it to be. And God in this age is bringing the church back to the full maturity, back to their capital love, back 
back to the capstone, back to God himself, dwelling in the believer, having the mind of Christ. How can you have the mind of Christ? It's only by having the full word being revealed. I hope I'm uh, not losing you over there. But, uh, the prophet says, fellowship through the reconciliation of the, blood, of the blood. You say, well, I belong to the nicest church there is in town. That's not the idea. Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Have you fellowship, perfect fellowship? The things of the world is dead. Oh, you say, it does not condemn me. Why, my brother, somebody, some people don't even have conscience? They just served one time an old colored fellow after I was preaching on the street corner said, Preacher, you know what, what your conscience is? I said, I have an idea, sir. What do, what do you think is? I said, it's a little thing set like this and got your, your, your four sharp pins and points he, points he meant. He said, when you do anything wrong, it's cut. And I said, you keep letting cut, it's cut a circle around there. And after a while, you don't even feel it at all. That's right. You just keep lukewarm, drifting away, drifting away. After a while, you are all the way gone. And I believe it's the condition of the church. They were drifting away little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. And from what God wanted them to be, and then God, God was still blessing them. God, look in the look, Lutheran church, God is, was still blessing them. Even when Luther came back, he was still baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and God was blessing them. But it was, they were living under the ignorance after drifting away little by little, little by little. But God has promised, I will restore again. And as he has promised, he will restore again. It's God doing the work of restoration. The bride is not in the ignorance age anymore. The bride is now in the center of God's will because the word of God has been fully and fully restored now. The prophet will say, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will never shake it down, never prevail against it. See, I will build my church upon this rock. What is that rock? The rock of the revelation of who God is. Amen. A revelation of Jesus Christ. The prophet says, now, look, Christ in you makes him the center of life of the revelation. Christ in you makes him the center of life of the revelation. And he says, see, Christ's life in you makes him the center of the revelation. Christ in the Bible makes the Bible the complete revelation of Christ. So whatever... If you see of the idea, the prophet says, oh, whatever God is, or whatever God is, is in the Bible. If you see Christ in the Bible, you see that the Bible makes the Bible the complete revelation of Christ. If you see God, Christ's life in you, it makes him the center of the revelation. Now the prophet continues, says, Christ in you makes you the complete revelation of the whole thing. So as long as God has given us the word of God and the message of the hour is the complete revelation of God, is the complete opening of the word of God, is the complete opening of the mind of Christ. But that's not enough. It has, that word has to become a reality in the heart so that you and I and the word of God become one and become the center of the revelation of God. 
the center of the revelation of the whole thing. Amen. Because we cannot come to perfection without Christ becoming in the heart of the person. Then it says, so what's the new birth then? You said, well, Brother Banam, what is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. So not you join the church, you shook a hand, you done something different, you said a creed, you promised to live by code of rules. Oh, no, the message says this and this, so I'm following those codes of rules. No, that, that's good, but that's not enough. But Christ, the Bible, is the word that was revealed to you. No matter what anybody says, what takes place, it's Christ. Pastor, priest, whatever it might be, it's Christ in you that is the revelation that the church was built upon. So for a long time and for so many ages of so many ages of the church, we have been trapped by the devil in that permissive will of denominations and of this flesh. But I believe the restoration of the world, because you can really have the restoration of the world brings the new birth in this time. And the restoration by the new birth brings you back to the perfect will of God. I'll come back to that. <laughs> so what is the perfect will of God? Romans 8, 27, 39 says, And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Ghost is making intercession for the saints, not to, to our emotions, not to sensations, not to our own thinking, but he's making intercession according to the will of God. Because the will of God cannot be changed. The will of God is perfect. The will, perfect will of God is perfect. Amen. So that's why it has to make intercession according to the perfect will of God. Oh, God, I made a mistake, and I think, oh, God, forgive me. And God and the blood is just there saying, oh, because you have confessed your sins, you are forgiven. And, and, and the Holy Ghost is making intercession according to the perfect will of God. God, this one is your son. This one is your daughter. She made a mistake. She was trapped in this. But according to your perfect will, because you already chosen him, because you already chosen her, I bring her back into the fellowship, back again with you. Let her walk with you. Let her, let her stand and realize who she is. Help her to walk and realize the word of God is bringing her to a higher position than where she is. What is it, the intercession? It's not according to your sensation. It's according into the word of God, which is the perfect will of God. And the prophet says, we know, although the Bible says, verse 28, don't rush the time, but I just need to relax a little bit here. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So I'm talking here for those who are born again, as Romans 8 addressed those who are born again, not, not working according to the flesh anymore, but according to the spirit. No matter what happens to you, God is making everything work together for them who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate it to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Predestination means he knows the end result. Yeah. He's working 
and is doing the work in order to come and reach the end result. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So the perfect will of God, you and I, we are already glorified in God's eyes. Sometimes we make a very long, long, long road to realize who we are, but God's mind has not changed according to you and I. God's mind has not changed. It still stays the same because I chose her, because I elected her. She will make it. Not struggling to make it, but God's mind has already decided that she will make it. Oh God, help us to realize our end destination and may God help us to align already now according to the perfect will of God. It will cause us less trouble to realize who we are than going the other way around. But God's mind will never change because he already predestinated. So what shall we send day to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can bring an accusation to the bride of Jesus Christ because God has already predestinated her before the foundation of the world? Yes, she has walked in the permissive will. Yes, she didn't know who she was. Yes, she was like that woman of the well. She didn't know who she was. And she was going in a permissive will. She didn't know the place where she was But one day, God came in a way and talked to that woman. You know, you, know, you are not who you are. You are looking for many different husbands. You have to find one that will reveal to you who you are. Because I want you to align with the perfect will that I have for you. And once she recognized that representation that was inside of her was quickened and she realized that she was a daughter of God. I believe that if there is someone here this evening who doesn't know who he is, let me tell you, it don't stay in that permissive will of God. We are walking according to the flesh. You are going from one way to the other way. Come back to the perfect will of God because God wants to walk with you and he wants you to give him the first place. And then he says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Oh, boo devil. I made that mistake, but I confess, I confess to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me walk in the will of God. It says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Oh, glory to God. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep of the slow, for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How can you be more than a conqueror? Because I'm fighting a battle that is already won. <laughs> I'm fighting a battle for which I already know the end result. And every time I get out, I sleep away from that, I come back directly to the perfect will of God. God, I'm coming back in your perfect will. And because you are working in the perfect will of God, revealing this age, in this last age, there is no other outcome but living for God and having life of victory. 
Is Paul, as a prophet, he could have those, those, those long range or long range or long scope eyes and he could see from far from the word of God and he's prophesizing those words that are more real to us now, maybe than now, the, maybe, maybe more than some of the believers could grasp at that time. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, no death, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our God. We can never perish as God can never perish. We can never die as God can never die. Because we are part of God. We came from God and we are going back to God. If God loses, loses one of us, God will not be complete. And we know that God has to be complete. Therefore, his bride has to be part of there. Satan thought, or maybe I have deceived Eve, so he's injecting that permissive will, and through ages now, people are being born not through the perfect will of God wanted it, now through sex, and it was the permissive will, and we, we, are, we are born in this flesh, and we are fighting with this flesh in our mind all the time, but it doesn't break the program of God, because God knew how a real believer a real believer in the new covenant has to go through the same process as God intended at the beginning. What is that process? You have to go to the new birth. The new birth is reverting back the permissive will of the, new, of the birth through the flesh. Now it's giving through the birth through the word of God. Because you are not born by the thinking of a man, but you are born by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The word of God needs to give you birth. If the word of God gives you birth, that's the perfect mind of God according to how we should have been born. Because that's the way God wanted to be born. It's by the word of God. So once you receive the word of God and you are born by the word of God, you are going through the right process of the perfect will of God for your, for your, for your birth. Amen? I hope I expressed that properly. The prophet says, God making his promise. Never was, I read that last time, never was Israel ever harmed as long as she stayed in harmony with God's command. Never will a church fail, never will a program fail, as long as those who are in charge stay in the center of God's will. God's will is perfect. Everything will fall right into its place if you stay in God's will but get out of God's will here, it throws the whole program out. Just one place, you remember, Achan's wage. So the first Eve fell, but the second Eve can never fail. How can she not fall? How can, can she not fail? I believe it's because she's going to stay in the center of God's will. Because the prophet says, if you stay in harmony with God's command... Never will a church fail, never will a program fail, as long as those who are in charge stay in the center of God's will. And the bride is going to stay in the center of God's will. Israel thought to get it by the law, but the Bible says that the law did not bring them into the perfection. Romans 11:7 says, What then? Israel had not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election had obtained it. And the rest were blinded. So what the law could not obtain, 
the election has obtained it. What Israel could not obtain, the bride through election has obtained it. The prophet says, how does it, in the message, what does it take to make a Christian life? But in the word, I find that God did not intend for the church to be governed by intellectual or by any theology of man. But the Holy Spirit was given to the church to govern and to control the body of Christ. And I think in doing that, with that in mind and in God's program, we will never be successfully, no matter how good our intentions are, until we get back into the center of God's program where the Holy Spirit and the prophet didn't finish. No matter... Let me put it this way. You cannot serve God with good intentions. You cannot serve God with good intentions. You have to serve God according to his perfect will. No matter how good intentions you have, David has very good intentions to bring back the ark, but it was not according to God's perfect will. He had good generals and held it. He had good singing. He had every, there was an atmosphere that was like, a, like a, in our days we call, call it, we can call it a Christian atmosphere, a religious atmosphere, but it was not according to perf- God's perfect will. Therefore, that service was not agreeable to God, was not pleasant to God. They had to consult the prophet of that age. Only when the prophet gave them the right way to do things, then the intention and the will of God could match together and they could walk in it. The same way here, no matter how the religion, I don't don't want to disqualify the people, but I just want to say maybe to emphasize on us, it's God's grace to realize that we have the consultation of a prophet in our time to give us the God's perfect will on how to do things. So the church order and all the different things that comes, it's not only the law, it's not the part of the law or or regulations, it's doing things according to God's perfect will so that it can be pleasant to God. Because you cannot serve God with good intentions, you have to have the perfect will of God in order to serve God. So the prophet says, David thought everything was fine. He consulted all these people, and these are one to begin to dance and shout and scream. They all had their religious motions that there was, but still it wasn't God's will to go down and bring the word of God back to the house of God. And you see, God always in all ages works through one way. His first decision is his only decision because he's perfect in his decision. He never does nothing except he first reveals it to his servant, the prophet. That's exactly right. That's why this church, the church age that we live in, there is no church, no Methodist, no Baptist, no Pentecostal, or anything else can ever put this church into the bride. They cannot put you into the bride. It's right at the beginning. It has to be the power of God putting the, the people into the bride. And God elected his own bride. It will have, the prophet continued in the leadership, it will have to be the answering of Malachi 4 for God to send the prophet to be revealed to because that the only way our churches denominate and throw the things into a mess and huddle just like they've always been and God always sends his prophet. I 
I want to change a little bit a thought here. The modern events are made by prophets to prophecies. We have to have the gospel preached in its fullness. With the power of God to vindicate that according to the promise of that age and prove that that exactly God's will. Outside of that, you're just a church member. No matter how much you try, you try to do God a service. You might go to the stitch and sue party. You might be ever so faithful to the church. But unless that germ of eternal life was foreign in you to be a son and daughter of God, you will grow up a deformed something, but never be a real true son or daughter of God. Isn't that powerful? No matter what you can try to do, it has to be that seed that God put inside of you that has to come to the full maturity. So when then you know that you are a son, when you know that you're in God's will and walking in his way, nothing can stop you because you know where you are standing. How the bride is going to overcome because she knows where she's standing. She knows the perfect will of God for that age, and she's walking in that perfect will of God for that age. So that's why feed upon the word of God, because that's the perfect will for your age. How can I serve you, God? I want to know you more. I want to know the perfect will of God more. And I want my life to be changed, to be confirmed according to the perfect will of God. The prophet says, I'm going just to put a balance here. The prophet has put another quote. I might get to that or might not be looking at the time. He says, you might have the will of God to do something. But if you don't have the right motives to do it, it is as bad as doing something outside of the will of God. It's quite a powerful quote for me, I think. So you have the will of God, but if the motive doesn't match, if you don't have good motives, it is as bad as, having, as working outside of the will of God. So we have the word of God that we have received, the revealed word of God, the perfect will of God. But now it has to become a work in our heart so that our heart can be changed, not just only doing things because of the law, but making the word of God becomes a life and a life in our heart so that we do things not only because of obligations, but because we have our heart changed, giving us the right motives and the right objectives, and our heart changed completely to the word of God. Are you with me this evening so far? Put this comment here. The reason why I'm asking you to be persistent with the message of the hour is because it is the center of the perfect will. Like the Syrophoenician woman, no matter what the neighbors or her family said, she was persistent. No matter what the disciple says, she was persistent. I'm going to choke you here. No matter what Jesus said, she was still persistent. You know, Jesus tried to discourage her in the way he said it. So now I'm only sent to the, to the children of God, not to dogs. But even the way he put those that saying, it didn't discourage her. Because she was walking, she was not looking at the circumstances. She was looking at what she had an intention and what he had the revelation of heart. She had already, the, something was revealed to her heart and she was persistent to God. What God has already revealed her in her heart. 
don't stumble on things that can be on the side. Don't stumble because someone says something wrong or something this and something this. Even, oh, you know, the preacher or anything, or you, heard, you hear many different things. It's not anything to the, the, the revealed to the bride of Jesus Christ. She will remain persistent because she has the revelation of the perfect will of God. He did to that, what he did to that woman, Syrophoenician woman, I'm sent, I'm, like I said, I'm sent to you. He asked the disciple, even hard saying, John 5, 16, he, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. When he said that hard saying, the disciple could have turned around, they could have went, he went way, went uh, to the left or to the right. But because it was revealed to them, especially as Peter could express to it, where could we go? You have the words of life. You are the only one who has the words of life because it was revealed to him. As a bride of Jesus Christ, let the word of God become a personal revelation to you. God, give me more revelation. <laughs> what we have need of is more revelation or the word of God. Because the revelation gives you authority upon the enemy. Coming back into the perfect will of God always brings justification from God's side. That's what we call also repentance. Repentance is recognizing, oh, I was going there that way, the permissive will. Oh God, I recognize my position. I'm coming back in your perfect will. So every time a true son of God recognizes that he is in the perfect will and he comes back in, in the permissive will, sorry, and he comes back, maybe I've been making that confusion before, sorry if I did, but every time you recognize that you are in a permissive will and you come back into the per perfect will, it always brings back a justification. You might suffer the consequences in the flesh and you have the scars and then different things, but when it comes to God's eyes, it's not going to be coming, reminding you every time. You know you are walking in a permissive will. You did this, so you are, con you are condemned. You are not my son anymore. But every time that you come back into the permissive, the perfect will of God, God tells you, you are justified as if you have never done, as if you have never been in the permissive will. Now you are my son and you recognize your position. Walk with me. Stand up. Recognize your position and live for me and God will bless you. That's why the prophet could call and say in the invisible union of the bride, he says, you are completely justified as if you have never done it at the beginning. As if you have never been in the permissive will, you are all, as if you have always been in the perfect will of God. And God will help you overcome every time if you come back to his perfect will. That's why if you hear his word, don't harden your heart. Just recognize, oh God, I made a mistake. Oh God, I recognize that this is not according to your perfect will. Help me to stay in your perfect will. And he will help you walk and move forward. Because he wants you and I to walk in that perfect will. The prophet says, God is relying on you and I for his God's program. Think about it. In other places, brother, we say, God can do things without you. 
We cannot do things without him, but God can do things without, without us. But now the place is saying, I believe this pertains to the bride. I cannot do anything without you. I need you. I need you for me to do these things. I need you because I'm not happy. I'm not as satisfied as you don't come to the full maturity. I'm waiting for you to come in the perfect will. Don't make it longer. Think about it. God couldn't condemn Sodom. Couldn't, couldn't send a fire into Sodom and Gomorrah before Lot could come out of that place. Because Abraham, the perfect, Abraham, the type of the bride, prayed for Lot. And God remembered Abraham's prayer and he remembered Lot. So the fire couldn't come upon Sodom unless a Lot could come out of that place. God is not sending the rapture until you come out from the place you are and come back to the perfect will of God. God is waiting for you to recognize that and to walk in that perfect will of God. Oh, amazing grace is indeed. I'm not worthy. You are not worthy. You don't deserve anything. But because he chose you before the foundation of the world, he's waiting for you to come back to him for in order for him to move. We don't want to block, to block God's program. We want to walk with God's program. That's why even for the special meetings, let's say in that, in that spirit, in that atmosphere, God, I want you to reveal yourself more. Because I want to be in your program. I don't want to stop your program. I don't want to hinder your program. Speak to my heart. Show me your perfect will. Let me to walk in your perfect Lord, I recognize if there's anything to arrange, let me back to you quickly and walk with you, Lord. Because you reject your own will, you want to walk in God's will. Look at Jonah, the prophet says. Many people think that Jonah was a terrible person. Jonah was a prophet of the Lord, walking in all the will of the Lord. You say, why did he do that? He did. He never done anything contrary to God's will. You can't, if you are in Christ, do anything contrary. If you are walking humbly and upright, it may seem like you do, but you don't do it. Nothing happens providential. You know that sometimes I don't want to encourage bad things, but you know sometimes... Even the upbringing, you know, things happen in our lives and they left the scars and different things, the bad things. But as, as long as you come back in the perfect will of God, you can actually, God can use those things in the way that you become understandable to the people who are going through the same struggles. As no one else went through the same struggles, you can... Some of the things we went in our life that has made you humble because you had maybe another, if it did, that has not happened in the life, you would have been maybe boastful and different things. But God allows certain things in that permissive walk and God is helping you now as you recognize your place. Oh God, every time you think, oh, I'm something and you, maybe the devil comes and, and God, oh God, I come back to you. And it's making your heart become more tender Oh, it's so good to come back to the perfect will of God. Because God, even out of anything, can transform a bad thing to become something that can help you in your walk. To come closer and closer to him as you stay in that perfect will with humility, as the prophet says. Looking from the outside, Jonah looked like he was, back, and he was backslidden. But the prophet says it was still in the perfect will of God. 
God was not. If you look near the sand, because there are two sands, but if you look at the eye of the prophet with the eye of God, he was still in the perfect will. It says, the footstep of righteous man is ordered of the Lord, and all things work together for the good to them that love him. How can you take those scriptures and compare them with any other and then break them? The scripture cannot be broken. You say he took a sheep and went to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. When God sent him to Nineveh and he sent to Tarshish, let's just look at it a few minutes and find out. That's where you look at it. You run over the top of them and say, you are Jonah. I would like to be one, the prophet says. I would like to be one. Certainly, he was a man of God. Can you think that God put them through that trial or through that steps, so that today when you are going through the worst of the scenarios, we can remember what Jonah went through and we can say, oh, Jonah was in the worst state, was in the worst state. There was nothing that could deliver him. He has his hands bound in, in the deep, in the deep, in the, in the deep, in the deep, in the deep stomach of, 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 of a fish and there is no hope for him. But even there, he still looks and remembers the prayer of Solomon. And if him could remember the prayer of Solomon, a man who has backslidden, how much more a Christian could remember what God has promised at Calvary and look at the real temple of God and pray, God, you can still deliver me. And God can deliver you no matter the situations you are in. Don't look at the symptoms. Look at the word of God. It's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. All the different things are that lying vanities. When you stay with the word of God and look at the promise of God. And God delivered him from that. And there's a sign of the resurrection. Now imagine... The scenario, if, jo- if Jonah had to come out through a boat and start preaching the repentance, probably it could have the same effect. But God used even the side road that Jonah had taken. But God had already prepared a fish for him. A special fish for him. God, no matter the situation you are going through, God has already prepared a special fish for you. <laughs> As long as you come back to the perfect will of God. God, I'm not going to Tarshish anymore. I'm going to Nineveh. God will prepare a special fish for you. And imagine Jonah now coming out. Those people that were worshippers of that, of fish. And they see Jonah, a prophet, coming out of that door. <laughs> or their own God. Certainly they think, oh, this must come from God who is greater than that God who is coming as a fish because God had to change every situation to work according to his perfect will. I'll be finishing soon. Prophet says, it's in this precious quote of the prophet's will to show the word says, was only a few possessing the enemy's gate. We know this God very well. Was only a few years later when the trials come, the church got all shook up as is so easy for a congregation of people to do when something just doesn't seem to happen the way that's supposed to be. God makes it that way. God brings tension into the church. Every son that comes to God must be tried and proven and tested. He lets sickness strikes you. He lets disease come on you to test you and to prove you, to show the world that you are truly the seed of Abraham. 
It caught my attention there. He's trying to show that, that you are the seed of Abraham. Not when things are prosperous. No, I'm prosperous. Everything is working fine. I'm always... That's not the way to show that God is wanting to show that you are the seed of Abraham. <laughs> oh, God, help us. When everything is fine and nothing and bed of ease, everything is calm and peace and everything... That's not how God is showing the world that you are truly the seed of Abraham. God brings a little bit of tension, a little bit of different things here to show that you are the seed of Abraham. He permits it by his own will, the prophet says. He permits disaster. He permits the friend to turn against you. He permits all these things and turns the devil loose to tempt you. You go at work and different things seem like it's being shaken. He'll do all that but to take your life. He could throw you on a bed of affliction. He could turn your neighbors against you. He could turn the church against you. He can turn most anything. It's God's will for him to do it. We are told that it's more precious than gold to us. What about Abraham with Isaac on the mountain, the one the promise was given? It's by his loyalty and his knowing and his faith in Jehovah. It's through that that alone that God looked down and see his seed shall possess the gate. I thank God because it's not only that those allow those things to happen and you stay constantly on those things. Allow those things to come to show that you are still the son of God. Because even through the trials, you're still praising God. Even through the trials, you're still trusting him. Even through the trials, you're still believing what the word of God says. Even through the trials, you're still confessing his word. Even through the trials, you will recognize you are a son and daughter of God. And you stand on the promise of God that by his stripes you are already healed. Through even those trials, you recognize that because I'm saved, God has already given my children. How, how, how those things can happen? Because even through the trials, you still stay with the word of God. God is going to bring out the deliverance. He has promised that you will possess the gates of your enemies. The enemies will come. He will allow the enemy to come. But you will possess the gates of that enemy. <laughs> Glory to God. No matter what the enemy can try to put upon you, he that is in you is greater than anything that the devil can try to put on you because you are a son and a daughter of God. Working in the perfect will of God revealed in this age. So what is the preacher going to do now? The prophet says, now the one principle of us here trying to help you, the only way that I know Christian friends to help you is to get your faith, the best that I can by the word of God, centered on the will of God for you. That's what the message is about. Preaching so that you know your faith starts centered on the perfect will of God for you. It says, Christian friend, to help you to get your faith the best that I can by the word of God, centered on the will of God for you. See, if you can only see that it's God's will to do these things for you, it's God's will to save you all, it's God's will to heal you all, he will certainly lead you into deeper depth and higher height if you just trust in him. And he will certainly lead you into, uh, i read that. 
Don't be satisfied with your fire built here from last night. Let's build it a little further up the road tonight. Never build it in the same place. You can't stand still. You're either backsliding or going forward. The church is not just staying stagnant. The church either is backsliding or moving forward. And we want to move forward. Every time we come to church, we want to move forward. Every time we listen to the tape, we want to move forward. Every time that we, we, we hear sermons, God, I want my faith to be centered on the perfect will for me. Because if you're looking for the Holy Ghost, let your faith stay centered on God's perfect will for you. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost more than yourself desires. So it's perfect will of God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you're suffering and you're sick, it's God's perfect will for you to be healed. Or if you want salvation, it's God's perfect will for you to be saved. If you want adoption, we read it at the beginning, it's God's perfect will for you to come to the full adoption. Don't reject discipline. <laughs> adoption needs discipline. Or they are disciplining, but I'm already born again. That's good. But as we are born again, you need to grow up with discipline. God, I want to be disciplined by the word of God. Youed by the word of God. I do love the Lord this evening. I invite the musicians who can come. God richly bless you. It was good to be fellowship around the revealed word of the hour. The perfect will of God in our age. Given to us by God's grace. Amen. Not we do not deserve none of these things. God himself did it for us by his, by his grace. Say so now faithfulness and patience go together. In fact, patience is the outcome of faithfulness, exposition of the seven church ages. For it says in James, the trying of your faith, work of patience, there is absolutely no way in which to gain patience that is to come by the trial of your faith. Tribulation, work of patience, how highly God regards this outworking of our patience is seen in James. But let patience have a perfect way that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. God's will for us is perfection. God's will for us is perfection. By itself, it's already, it's already a sermon on itself. God's will for us is perfection. That's why he has provided the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the lamb, the previous lamb, was just a permissive will. But now we are into the perfection will of God. The blood of Jesus Christ brings us into perfection with God. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Teach me, Lord, to Yeah. 
my face. 